Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. We welcome each of you, and this month we're kind of going back to our theme book, what's entitled uh, Finish What Was Started. And when we first produced that book at the beginning of this year, we used some key verses that we've kind of used to talk about finishing. And so what we're doing this month is we're just going back to these verses and just as a good reminder for us and just good lessons for us. And so last week we talked about Philippians 1 verse 16, or excuse me, verse 6, where Paul talks about the completing the work that began in you. Our other verse we want to use for today comes from the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 7, verse 8, where there uh, Solomon says, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. And so we're going to kind of focus on that very concept. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Again, that's the idea of finishing, something that is ended or something that's over. Now, what's interesting in this context, uh, multiple times from the first verse of chapter 7 through, uh, Solomon uses the word better. He makes a series of contrasts, and he contrasts things that are opposites. And what he declares as better, most of us would not say is better. We, when we look at it just from a human or natural standpoint, we think, no, I wouldn't choose that. But with all of them, there is some divine implications that's found in there. So he begins, as this chapter does in chapter 7, a good name is better than a good ointment. Well, we might think I'd rather have the the good (laughs) ointment, you know, smell good. Then immediately he says the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Now we hear that, and that's not the reaction we get. Because when a baby's been born in the family, the phone calls, there's a lot of happiness, pictures are shared, a lot of joy fills the air. But when that phone call comes and somebody in the family has passed away, we're saddened and there's tears. And when we put those two side by side, we would naturally say, well, the birth is a lot better than the the death. We were happy at the birth and we're sad at the death. But Solomon is going to show us that really the divine implications from this is going to say the day of one's death is better. He would go on the very next verse. It is better to go a house of mourning than to the house of feasting, because that is the end of every man, and the living takes it to heart. Verse 3, he says, sorrow is better than laughter. Once again, we say, no, I, I don't fully agree with that. But again, he says, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. Verse 5, it is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than to listen to the song of fools. And we might say, well, I don't like anyone to tell me I've done something wrong. But if that changes me and makes me better, it's been better in the long run. And so then we come to verse 8. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. And and when we put that together with all these other betters, once again, we think, well, I don't know if I'd agree with that or not. (laughs) 
But there are some things we need to see with that. Yeah, this book is all about wisdom, right? The value of wisdom. And wisdom does not always fly in tandem with the way that the world around us thinks. The world around us hears, okay, the day of birth, the house of feasting, um, you know, a, a heart that is glad, spending time in a, a house of mirth, um, maybe even there's a place for a bribe, right? Or, uh, you know, it would kind of be fun to be proud in spirit. That is the way that the world reasons. But if, as Ecclesiastes concludes, there is a God who has defined exactly how we are to live and our entire role is to honor him by reverencing him and keeping his commandments Well, this is the way of wisdom. It's not always obvious if our minds aren't set on things above, but there is a sense that each one of these, even the end of a thing, is better than the way that the world thinks. Yeah, and there's some just everyday things we see about this. I mean, you think about just last month when we had Thanksgiving, you know, the beginning where they're just starting to cook all those mashed potatoes and that turkey <laughs> and all that, or the end when it's put right in front of you. Uh, the end's a lot better, isn't it? We, we think about maybe the start of school, and and you're maybe in college, and it's your very first semester, and here's this syllabus, and your eyes are just about to fall out your head because you have never realized you how much you have to read and all these semesters and all this as as you contrast that to the day you walk across that stage and you get your diploma, you have graduated. The end is better than the beginning. We think about the building of a house, and you're standing in this empty field, and over here is going to be the kitchen, over here, and you're just kind of looking at that. And then you go through the process, and there's all those choices. You know, a few years ago, my wife and I did some remodeling in our home, and she wanted a gray paint on the wall. There's no such thing as gray paint. There, there, there's about 4,000 shades of gray. And, and I've never heard of all these names before. And which one looks better, this one or that one? I think they look the same, you know. But, but, but then when it's all done, the mess is cleaned up, and you move in that new house, the end is better than the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so we see that in the natural world. Solomon here, of course, is talking about the spiritual world, and it's the same thing there. Yeah, the completion of a thing, right? Here recently we have been focused on some of those statements of Paul in Second Timothy 4, a fight that has been fought, a, a race that has been run, a faith that has been kept. There are ways that completing a thing, even Roger, the way that we are drawing this theme that is inspiring this little series to a close for the year, it is a completed idea. It takes work, takes a lot of thought, takes some diligence, but when a goal is realized, there is something really sweet about that. So what I want to do as we think about this phrase, the end of a matter is better than its beginning, I want to look at that through the lens, and there's a lot of different ways you can look at that, but I want to look at it through the lens of a Christian's life. Okay. So here, here's a Christian, and he's come to the end of his journey, like the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He knew his death was on the horizon. It's, it's just a matter of short time. It's going to happen. 
And what is good about that? You know, when we have to make that solemn announcement uh, on a Sunday when one of us uh, and our congregation has passed away, it oftentimes brings tears and, and there's a sense of sadness because we love that person so much. But in what way is the end of a Christian's life better than its beginning? Yeah, I'm going to lean on the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1 for this one. And I, I it is the best possible answer I can imagine where... He's writing to people who mean a great deal to him. Roger, you and I in a recent conversation talked about how this man, even though in Second Timothy he knows that his time is short, he's talking about when Timothy comes, I want you to bring me some, some books and some parchments to write on. He's going to spend as much of his God-given time as he possibly can trying to make a kingdom difference. And yet... There is a sense that he expresses in Philippians chapter 1, it would be better to go on. Let me just read a few verses. He says in Philippians 1 verse 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That sounds a lot like Ecclesiastes where we were. He, he continues, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. It's not retirement. It's not setting up on a Mediterranean villa and just kicking back. It's no, if, if I remain in the flesh, I'm going to work for the Lord and I'm going to do my best to be as fruitful as I possibly can. Yet, which I shall choose to live or die, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. Listen to what he says in verse 23. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. That right there is the confidence that every single one of us as Christians can have if for to us to live is Christ. The word depart simply means to exit. Yeah. And and so we might, you know, you, you go to any public building and even our church buildings and above doorways, you'll see these signs say exit. And that's the way out. Sometimes uh, before a movie starts or something, they'll tell you to find the exits. And so if there's some emergency comes up, you can exit out. Well, that's how Paul viewed death. Uh, it's not like it's over. It's just an exit. And the idea behind all that was that he was going to look forward to that exit. And that exit or that departure meant his death. And so it was not something that was gloom and doom and he was dreading it or, you know, he wanted to, wanted to have all the medical attention he can have to the very, very last second. Uh, he, he anticipated being with the Lord. And that's just a great thought with that. So when we think about the end is better than its beginning, and we think about the life of a Christian, when one begins that journey, a new Christian, whether he's a teenager or he's older in life, uh, for a lot of us, you know, it's just that step out of the world, mm -hmm. and there's there's that whole bunch of stuff we don't know yet. We, we, we know enough about the Lord that we came to him, but there's a lot of things we don't know. 
For some of us, that tug of the world is so fresh because we just got out of that world. And it's hard. It's a struggle at the very first. We look at the other side of it, the end of the matter. Yeah. Uh, here's a life that's well lived. And we have in our congregation multiple, multiple people who've been Christians four or five decades, some even longer than that. And, and they, they have journeyed a long, long time with the Lord. And, you know, they, they have set through just a bunch of church services. They've heard so many sermons and Bible classes. They've sang so many thousands of hymns in their life. And, and what that means is it, it's a life that was well lived. They did what God wanted them to do. And that, that's exactly what we need to see. That's why it is better the end than the beginning. Yeah, it, it makes me think of James chapter 1. If you want a practical spin on maybe what that looks like to step out of the world and to go through that process, but reach the point where you know as a disciple, the end of this is better. James chapter 1 just provides all sorts sorts of practical things. This this idea of being a doer of the word and not a hearer only, not like someone who just looks at his natural face in a mirror and then forgets what he saw and goes on his way. No, I, I look into God's word as a mirror. And when I first start as a disciple of Jesus, man, is there a lot that needs to be worked on. We're, we're blessed with new disciples of Jesus in our own church family, just like those veteran disciples that you were describing. And it's it's not unusual to hear those disciples say, you have no idea what I've come out of or what I'm trying to leave behind. Well, that is a process, right? The process of taking off the shackles of sin and leaving behind the weights that can so easily weigh us down. But it's looking into the word, not just to hear, but to do. I I think of what James brings out in James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Listen to this. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. There's an instance where the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Or at the beginning of the chapter, James chapter 1, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Trials are not fun. And the beginning of a trial, it can be unsettling, it can be scary, it can, it can cause us to lose our perspective. But James reminds us, you can know this, that the testing of your faith produces, it's a process. Production is a process that takes time. But the testing of faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Roger, that's not where we start as disciples. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But that can be where we end up because the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Yeah, and and you bring up something. I think, again, that's just another valuable layer here to add to this when we think about the end of a Christian's life or journey here. 
and that is they have stayed with it. Yeah. Um, you know, how many, how many valleys have they walked through? How many sleepless nights? How many trials? How many visits to the hospital? How many trips to the, the funeral home? You know, that, that they've, they've been through a lot, but here they still are. And, and like those early disciples going through storms, it's scary, but you weather those storms and God has been with you and God has been with you and, and over and over and over. And, and, and that builds up a confidence and a trust in you. And, and each storm is unique. And each storm has a scary moment. And you sometimes wonder, I don't know how we're going to do this. But you look back, how did we get through that storm before? God helped us. How did we get through that storm before that? God got us through that. And so we, we have that trust that we'll get through this storm somehow because God is with us. And that, that, that again, is something that on the end of the matter, you see, and at the very beginning, you're going through those first storms, and you may not have that, and you don't have that history, and you don't have that confidence yet, but it comes about after you've walked with the Lord a long, long time. I think one other thing it also emphasizes for us, when we think about the end of a matter is better than the beginning, it means here's a life that's going to enjoy what God has promised. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, my father's house are many mansions or rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. So where I am, there you may be also, there with God. And so at the end of the journey, no matter how many years that journey is, at the end of the journey, when we have stayed with God the whole time here, we see that there is something God has awaiting for us. And it's nothing like we've ever seen here. There's nothing to compare with it here. It's described in, in places like Revelation as jewels and gold and pearls. It's God's home. And you can imagine how beautiful God's home is going to be. And so the end of the matter is better because of this beautiful, beautiful hope and promise that God has for his people. Finish. That is our key word in this little series here at the end of the year. I really appreciate, Roger, you bringing out, okay, this is something that each one of us is going to have to do personally. I have to make the choice to stay with it. But if I will do that, as we've learned from Ecclesiastes, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. We've got two more episodes in this little series before, Lord willing, the end of the year arrives. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and the best is yet to come.